Blog Talk Radio. I'm trying, but I'm running behind those two. All right, we're going to get a song book out. We're going to turn to 307. 307. Let's stand together and let's sing this morning. Get mine open, we'll get started. 307. Cancer out of your body. Yeah. That's what we stand for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we will be praying faithfully for you, and that God guides throughout this whole thing, and you get the you get the healing and everything that you need through this, and God gives you many years of serving. Amen. Any other prayer requests this morning? All right. Well, I want you to remember, to continue to remember to lift up my brother in prayer. Uh, please uh, remember to pray for uh, Brother Dale Parks, a friend of mine from California. Um, and like I said, just pray for me as I travel. Pray for me. God gives me God gives me traveling mercies. Uh, my wife's here this morning, but please, please, I can't call this morning. please pray that she continues to improve and feels better. Uh, she, when she gets down, it's harder for her to get back up. Because uh, she's got an auto autoimmune disease, so please pray for her. Um, pray for uh, Brother Tony and Tammy as they're out this week traveling. Uh, pray for Brother Dan and Anya. Not sure where they're at this morning. 
Pray for everybody else's missing. Amen. Pray God gets them gets them all back here with us next Sunday. Uh, anything else? Anybody else? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer this morning. Amen. You can be seated. on me. 
73. Number 73. God leaves us alone. In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the waters cool flow, face the weary ones feet, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mouth where the sun shines so bright, God leaves his dear children alone. Sometimes in the valley, in the darkest of night, God leaves his dear children alone. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Oh, sorrows befall us and Satan oppose. God leads to the along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Away from the mire and away from the clay, God leads his dear children alone. Away before eternity day, God leads his dear children alone. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. All right, number 194. 194. Savior like a shepherd lead us. I'm 
There you go. That's right. Thy precious word, let my humble prayer to 
heard and celebrate revival in my soul. In the great revival in my soul. In the great revival in my soul. Let the Holy Spirit come and take control and send the great revival in my soul. Send the Holy Spirit now within, burning out the cross and guilt of sin. Let thy mighty works of grace begin, oh, send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Let the Holy Spirit come and take control and send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival, Lord, in me. Help me that I may rejoice in thee. Give me strength to win the victory. Oh, send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Let the Holy Spirit come and take control and send a great revival in my soul. Help me go for thee, dear Lord, today. Do some lonely soul that's gone astray. Help me lead them in the homeward way. Oh, send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Send a great revival in my soul. Let the Holy Spirit come and take control and send a great revival in my soul. Amen. That's my desire. Amen. I want it, I want revival. I'm not happy to stay the same as I've always been. And if you get if you get to that point, you need to you need to get concerned because God never intended for us to plateau. Amen. Otherwise, the songwriter wouldn't have wrote, "I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day." Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. That comes from a soul who wanted revival. Now, maybe you didn't know it or maybe you did realize it, but uh, my four and a half years study on getting to know Jesus ended last week. I didn't announce that and say, hey, that was the end of the series. But it did, and I was already ready with where I was going to go from there. So uh, this morning we're beginning in a new sermon series. So I want you to take your Bible. I want you to turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Seems to me the best uh, the best avenue to take when we come to the to the end of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ is to turn to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ is left to the, the disciples is left to us and begin to see how Christ implemented that plan in the early New Testament church to see how the early New Testament church grew and how it was established and how it and how it, it had its ups and downs and its struggles and its victories. And, and folks, if we'll take some time and we'll study this carefully, we'll find out a missing secret in our own church, in our own lives. 
God's power is there for the taking. God's power is there for us to use. Now, before I get started, I want to, I want to, well, we'll read. We'll just, we'll just, I'm just going to tell you before I get started with this message, it's not going to be like a normal message. It's not going to be exactly like I always do. Um, this is more of an introductory sermon, I guess you would say, than it is anything else. But let me just start off by saying that the, that the, uh, the title of this series, last series, was Getting to Know Jesus. But the title of this series is Holy Ghost Power. Holy Ghost Power. You don't hear that kind of stuff preached in a Baptist church. But you should. Because we have a Bible that's written to Baptists. Amen? It's written to us. We are God's children. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but we are God's children. Amen. This is God's book. This is a this is a Bible believing believer's book. Amen. And every bit of it's true. And and I'm not going to get off on some kind of wild tangent. I promise you that before we ever get into this, I am nine million billion miles from being a charismatic. But I am not scared of the Holy Ghost of God. Not one bit. Matter of fact, I'm very dependent upon the Holy Ghost of God. And I want to help you to understand further how to depend and lean upon the Holy Ghost of God and why you should. I was 27 years of age. I've been saved for 20 years before I realized and began to understand what it meant to live a spirit-filled life. I had no clue. I had Jesus. That's all I knew. I knew the Bible was the Word of God. I knew God was my Father. I knew heaven was my home. But I did not understand how to walk as a Christian because nobody had ever educated me on what it meant to live a spirit-filled life. I walked into a locker room in high school, and I say high school, I was probably in junior high, uh, or, I, or maybe out no, I guess I was in the ninth grade. I walked into a, into a locker room there in the Christian school that I attended uh, as the next team was getting ready, and I think I told you this, but I'll tell you again, but as the next team was getting ready, and they were from Van Buren, Arkansas, it was a, it was a Pentecostal school, and they were getting ready for the next game. They were changing, and they were having prayer in the locker room, and I didn't know we'd already dressed and went out, and I forgot my knee pads. Well, i got to go back in because we had a carpet court. You ever seen a carpet court? A carpet basketball court. You fall down on that, you talk about rug burns. I had to have my knee pads. So I went back in to get my knee pads. I rounded the corner. And just as I got there, I heard, I heard all that tongue talking. And I'm going to tell you, I had a cold chill run up my back, and I said, ooh, i got to get out of here. There was nothing inviting about that that wanted me to go inside and stand there and join the prayer meeting. That I knew right then and there. That ain't something I want to fool with. And nobody had to give me no theological discourse on it. I knew right then and there God did not want me involved in that kind of behavior. Now, I'm not blaspheming the Holy Ghost when I say that. I want you to understand. I know full well I'm not blaspheming the Holy Ghost because I know the Scripture. And that's not blasphemy anyway. But I want to, I want to, let's look in our Bible this morning. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. We'll read that, and then we'll pray and we'll get started this morning. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The former treatise, Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach? Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments 
unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you so much for my Savior. I thank you, Lord, for the four and a half years that we've spent walking through the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. But Lord, now as we're coming to the point where Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, Lord, as we come to the moment where his foot leaves, leaves earth, Father, I pray, Lord, that we'll, that we'll begin to uh, dig deep into the study of, of the power that he left behind for us to function in. The blessed Holy Spirit of God, that we'll, we'll, we'll begin to investigate and to learn and to study and to, to realize that it's very vital for us to have a very familiar, very intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. Father God, I pray this morning that you will open our understanding by your Holy Spirit, that you will give us a mind to, to understand, a heart to, 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 uh, to love and to perceive. Lord, give us, give us a realization of these truths now, we ask, and we'll give you all the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. And I, I'm going to say before I get started, I, I will, I'll use, I'll, sometimes I'll say Spirit of God, sometimes I'll say the Holy Spirit, sometimes I'll say Holy Ghost. It's all interchangeable. Amen. The Spirit of Christ, the Eternal Spirit, however you want to name him, he has lots of names, but he's the same person, and he is a person. He is a person who can be grieved. The Bible says grieve not the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit of God. We're not to grieve the Holy Ghost of God. He can be grieved. He is He is. He, just, just as we, just as Jesus was disappointed when he walked up and saw his faithless disciples, and he cast out the spirit that was in the boy that threw him into the fire and the water. When he I mean, he walked up, and we called him a faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? It's the same, the very same Holy Spirit that worked through Jesus and those things works in us today. The very same Holy Spirit of God, and He has power, and He's given to us to have power. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. I want us to look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 through 39. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 through 39. This is the Apostle Peter speaking here, and here's what he says about Jesus. He says, that word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the, all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. We saw all of it with our own very two eyes. But he said that God anointed or God gave authority and power to Jesus of Nazareth, how by his Holy Ghost he gave him, he put his spirit upon him. He gave him all the power and authority to do all the things that he did while he was on this earth. Jesus, don't let that be foreign to your ears to understand. Jesus did everything that he did while he was on this earth in the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Luke chapter, just stay there. I'm just going to read two more passages. Luke chapter 3, verse 22, talks about his baptism. When he came to John in the River Jordan, the Bible said, And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. That was, that was the... Kind of like we get in the baptistry and we get baptized before people to show others that we that we have been uh, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ that we're buried, we believe and we're but we're buried with Him in baptism. The Holy Ghost came in a bodily uh, presence as a dove, signifying as a sign for the Jews to signify. Yes, I am putting my spirit on Him. This is the Messiah. Verse uh, Luke chapter four. Verses 14 through 22. This is right after he's tempted of the devil in the wilderness. And Jesus returned, notice what it says, in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. There was a change after this took place. People had known Jesus for 30 years. Realize that. He worked in a lot of them's houses. Probably built some sheds for them. Who knows what all he built. Probably made some, some, some uh, uh, corn cribs and things of that nature. I don't know what he made and built, but I mean, don't tell them what all. He probably built furniture. I mean, they knew him. But there's a difference now because he, he is, he is, God has anointed him and he, is, he has come back from, from that temptation in power that he did not have upon him, that he did not exercise up until this point. And the Bible said that his fame went out to all the region. Fame of what? This, hey, there's something different. God, God is, God's power is on him. That fame went out everywhere. And the Bible said, and he taught in their synagogues. He taught in the power of of the Spirit. And the Bible said that he, he was glorified of all. They couldn't, nobody could say, oh, this is just a guy coming and just giving his opinion. No, they knew this is real. This is the power of God being exercised before us. The Bible says in verse 17, well, verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened up the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That means he has empowered me. Anointing means the power being placed upon me. Jesus is, is, is uh, fulfilling this scripture. He is he's saying to them, today is the day that you're seeing this all fulfilled. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Can I just say before we go further into this message that he will anoint you to preach the gospel to the poor? God, if you're going to do it, if, if you're going to do it at all, you better do it in the anointing power of the Holy Ghost of God or you'll not be effective at all. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Let me tell you something, Christian. God sends you and I to heal the brokenhearted, but we can't do it based on our, our little sentiments and our emotions and all that. We need God, Holy Spirit of God, to do the work when we go to somebody to be a comfort to them, to preach deliverance to the captive. How can I go to somebody who's bound up in addiction of some kind and try to help them to be free from that addiction? I can't do it without the Spirit of God working in me and through me. The recovering of the sight to the blind. All our words can't make somebody see that they need Jesus. We can talk and talk and talk to the cows come home, but without the Spirit of God reaching into their bosom and awakening their conscience and showing them that they're lost, showing them that they're in trouble, showing them that they need Jesus, they'll never see it. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, the devil's been so, so abusive, so, so hard on people. We can free them from the prison of their nightmarish hell that they're in with the devil. We can't do it, but the Spirit of God that's in us can certainly work through us with the Word of God to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what the Bible says? Today, today is the acceptable time. We're to proclaim that Jesus has done everything that's necessary. And the Bible says, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears, and all bear witness of him. All bear him witness. Everybody heard it, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, "Is not this Joseph's son? Huh? What? Is, what's all this? We thought this was Joseph's boy." Now let's get into this. Number one, Jesus was begotten of the Holy Spirit of God. He was begotten. Luke one thirty five. the Bible said, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We know that every born-again believer is begotten of God. We, we're saved, we're begotten of God. But Jesus Christ was begotten of God the first time. Amen? He's the only begotten Son of God, John 3.16 tells us. It was entirely by the Spirit's power working in Mary that the Son of God was formed in her. Now, a man that's saved, a man that's saved has a carnal nature. Every one of us has a carnal nature received from our earthly Father. And we have a, and we have a new nature if we're saved brought together, I mean, brought to life by God, the fa- our Father. Jesus Christ, he had only one holy nature, that which in man is called the new nature. He had the same new nature that you and I have, but he didn't have a sin nature. But he was a real man because he had a human mother, but he had no sin nature that he inherited. He was born of the Spirit of God. Number two, Jesus Christ led a holy and a spotless life and offered himself without spot to God through the working of the Holy Ghost of God. We read in Hebrews 9.14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who 
through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So he, he, he lived that perfect life for you and I. He, he, he lived without sin. He, he lived through the temptations of his life. He did it all through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Every bit of it. He met and overcame temptations as other men may meet and overcome them. How? In the power of the Spirit of God. Same way we do. He was tempted and he suffered through temptation. Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or to help them that are tempted. He went through it already. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, he endured it and he overcame it. And he's able to help us in that regard. He was tempted at all points like as we are. And never once in any one way did he ever yield to temptation. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews 4.15. You know what it said? He was all tell like I just quoted it basically. Let's just keep going. He won, he won his victories in a way that is open for every one of us to win victories over sin. He did it in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, he didn't have something that you and I don't have. You say, well, that was Jesus. Yes, but Jesus did not come down here and live some kind of life that you and I could not live. He did not come down here and do something and then tell us to do something that we couldn't do. I want you to understand that. When he said, even as the Father has sent me, so send I you. That is not an impossible feat. Seems like it, sounds like it, but it's not. You said, wait a minute, preacher, you trying to tell me I can live without sin? No, I'm not trying to tell you that at all, but I'm telling you, you can live in victory over sin more than you realize that you can. I'm telling you, you can accomplish more in this Christian life than you believe that you can. <clears throat> Number three, Jesus Christ was anointed and fitted for service by the Holy Spirit of God. All the passages that I started the message off with, the one in Acts and the two in Luke, they all contain one lesson, that it was by the special anointing of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ was qualified for the service in which God called him to do. He gave him the power to do all those things. As he stood in the Jordan after his baptism, the Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost descended on him in bodily shape like a dove, and it was then and it was there that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit of God. But he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, and he was equipped for the service that God had laid out before him to fulfill. He got the power right then and there to do all the things that God designed for him to do in his ministry. He received his equipment for service in the same way that you and I receive our equipment for service. And that's by baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say that, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not talking about a charismatic experience at all. When I say the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean we are immersed in Him, He in us, and He controls us and has power over our lives and our beings. He influences us, our thoughts and our actions, our words. Be baptized in something is simply to be placed into something. When the Spirit of God, who lives, and I'll get into this in another message, but I'll share with you right now, He lives in our spirit. He brought it to life. He lives there. He has not left since you got saved, and He's not ever going to leave. But He is there, and we have two natures. We have a sin nature, and we have a new nature in Christ. And when we yield to that new nature, the Spirit of God cannot take over, for He will not 
kick the door down and force you to serve God. He's going to wait for you to very kindly yield yourself to God in, 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 in a repentance and, and, and realization that you belong to God to serve him, consecrating yourself to him and saying, Lord, I don't know what I was doing trying to live my life without you in control. I don't know what I was thinking, taking something that you bought and paid for with your own precious blood and using it for my own methods and my own means and my own power. I don't know what I was doing. God, please forgive me and please take control of my life. God gives us the same power, the same equipment, the same operation he gave Jesus Christ. Now, we're not going to die on the cross for nobody, but you know what? Even as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We're to go forth with the same direct message. He died for sinners. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He died for them. He, he rose again. He will he will save anyone who will come to him in repentance and faith. <clears throat> Number four, let me say that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's weird to be led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit in all his movements here upon earth. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible said that Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Spirit of God led him. That was, that was not a pleasant time, that 40-day fast and the devil tempting him. But yet the Spirit of God led him into that. The Spirit of God sometimes will lead us through temptation to prove he's not going to take us and say, sin, that's not what I mean. But God allows us to go through it in order for us to draw near to him in the midst of it, just as David talks about the shepherd song. Rod and staff protecting us. Table before us in the midst of the presence of our enemies. Yes, the Holy Spirit of God will take us down through some harrowing paths, but He will keep us all the way through. Number five, Jesus was taught by the Spirit who rested on Him. He was taught by the Spirit. The Spirit of God was the source of His wisdom in the days of His flesh. I'll share that with you. In the Old Testament prophecy of the coming of Messiah, we read in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Further on in chapter 42, verse 1, it says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment unto the Gentiles. I'm not trying to degrade our Savior by saying that at all. But no, God allowed him to go forth in the work just the same way that you and I are to go forth into the work. He's our example. It's not that Jesus had to learn anything. No, I know he's God. But you understand, follow me, folks. When he came to this earth, he took on a robe of flesh. He was tempted as a man. And God placed his wisdom on him. Verse 6. I'm sorry, not verse 6, but number 6. The Holy Spirit 
abode upon Jesus in all His fullness. I mean, nothing was kept back from the Lord Jesus. He had complete fullness of the Spirit of God. And the words He spoke were the very words of God. We read in John 3.34, the Bible says, For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Can I say something to you? You will never, ever feel the presence of God like you will when you're sharing the Word of God with someone who needs it. God inhabits the, 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 the words. God in power inhabits those words. God will use you. God will rest upon you when you're sharing his word with someone else. Number seven, after Jesus was resurrected, Jesus Christ gave commandment unto his apostles whom he had chosen through the Holy Spirit. We saw that in our text verse. It said, unto the day he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. This relates to the time after his resurrection. We see Jesus working in the power of the Holy Spirit even after he's resurrected. Even after he's, he's, already, he's already in a glorified form, yet he's still, while he's here on earth, is working through the power of his Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Number eight. Jesus Christ worked his miracles here on earth in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 12, 28, he said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. He cast out those devils, how? By the Holy Spirit of God. Don't leave me now, we're almost through this. It's through the Spirit of God that the miracle working power not only was in Christ, but it was also given to some of the disciples, the apostles, after Jesus went back to heaven. Now, let me just state this, and I'll get into this later on, but that miracle, all those miracle doing, that's not for today. Listen, we have, the Bible says, well, that which is perfect has come, that which is part shall be done away with. Those miracles were done away with, the tongue miracles, all that stuff that was necessary for the Jews because the Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. We're not to seek after signs. We're not to look for miracles in our day to prove things. We have the Word of God. But during that transitional period after Christ's resurrection, until the, the Gentile church was, was firmly established in the world, while the, while the message was still going out to the Jews, there were signs and there were wonders and things taking place. There were miracles being done in order to show them, yes, this is real. But all those things took place in the power of the Holy Spirit as well. 1 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. The Bible talks about to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Tongues is real. But I can tell you that what tongues was not, tongues was not a bunch of jibber-jabber that was intelligible. Tongues was one not knowing the language of someone they just met, but yet being able to share the gospel in their language. That's exactly what tongues was. And God giving someone else the ability to interpret those tongues. 
That's not necessary today. We have the finished Word of God. It's printed in all different languages all around the world. First, uh, I'm sorry, number nine, and we're almost done. Let me, let me, let me say this real quick. All the miracles, again, everything that Jesus did, everything that he did, everything the apostles did, all of that was done in the power of the Holy Ghost of God. <clears throat> Every bit of it. But number nine, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was raised from the dead. He had a part in everything that Jesus did throughout his entire ministry. We read in Romans 8, 11, but if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or bring back to life your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. The same Spirit, same one, who is to quicken or bring back to life our mortal bodies and is to raise us up someday in the future, raised up Jesus Christ. On that morning of his resurrection. I want to give you three thoughts and we'll be done. Number one in this, we see the completeness of Jesus' humanity. He was complete. He lived and he thought. He worked and he taught. He conquered sin. And he won victories for God, all in the power of that same Spirit of God that you and I are privileged to have living within us. Everything that the Lord Jesus Christ did was done through the power of the Spirit that lives within our bosom. Don't miss that. Has he lost power since then? No. Can he do Powerful things through you and I? Yes. Unequivocally, yes. Are we holding him back? Yes. Without a doubt, we are holding the Spirit of God back from being able to do all that God wants him to do in us. I, I fear, and I, I don't want to hinder, I, I mean, I don't want to stay on this thought, but I, I fear that Baptist people have been scared out of the knowledge of the Holy Ghost of God. We've been buffaloed out of it. No, y'all don't want to get charismatic, so y'all stay away from all that. And that's why so many Baptist churches are dead as, as, and dry as last year's firewood. Because they've lost the power of God. We need the power of God. Christ died to give us his power. He died for salvation, but not only that, but to give us the power of the Spirit to live victorious lives. I mean, listen now. How much more are we uh, dependent are we upon, upon the Spirit of God at every turn of life? I mean, what all do we go through? This? I mean, we go through so many different phases and changes and stages, and, and every one of them is a challenge, and we need... God's Holy Spirit to uphold us and to uplift us and to guide us through every single thing that we, every change of life. Not only that, every phase of service. We go from one thing to another in the service of God. We have different roles and different and, and different uh, ways that we work for God, but we need the Holy Spirit of God in everything we do. 
I've been a song leader. I've been a Sunday school teacher. I've been a pastor. I, I've, been a, I've been a street preacher. I've been a, a door-to-door evangelist. I've been all those things, and I needed God in every single thing that I've ever done for you. We need him in every battle with Satan. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't, you, can't, you can't fight the devil. You need, you need the Word of God and the Spirit of God when you do battle with the devil. Every bit of it. Ephesians chapter 6, all that whole chapter is on fighting and battling with Satan and, 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 and overcoming sin. How do we do it? We do it in the power of the Spirit of God. We can't do it in our flesh. We'll fail. There's an utter dependence. The same Holy Ghost by which Jesus was originally born works with us to be born of him. A person can't get saved without the Spirit of God. Unless the Spirit of God draw him, he'll not come to God. The same Holy Ghost by which Jesus offered himself without spot to God is at our disposal that we may offer ourselves without spot to God. Why are we, how can we offer ourselves without spot to God? Because Jesus washed all the spot away. Amen. But you and I can only say to God, Lord, I want to be all of yours if we offer ourselves by the Spirit of God. We say, Lord, fill me. Give me your power. Get, I can't do it in this sinful flesh. I can't, I can't do anything in this sinful flesh. This sinful flesh is helpless. If I don't have the power of God working in me, I am rendered useless for God. The same Holy Ghost by which Jesus was anointed for service is at our disposal that we may be anointed for God's service. The same Holy Ghost who led Jesus Christ in his movements here on earth is ready to lead you and I from day to day, morning, noon, and night. The same Holy Ghost who taught Jesus and imparted to him wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, and knowledge and the fear of the Lord is here to teach you and I those same things. Jesus is our pattern. 1 John 2.6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. We say, we, hey, I, I'm in Jesus. He's my Savior. I love him. I'm in him. He's in me. Well, then we ought to live a life that reflects that. And the only way we can do that successfully is if you and I, on purpose, submit ourselves to the Spirit of God and say, Lord, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Every day I live, I need to walk in the power of the Spirit. Romans eight twenty nine. the Bible says, For whom he did foreknow." He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Conformed to the image of his Son. Jesus said, even as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Conformed to the image of his Son. It tells me that we are to emulate the Lord Jesus Christ Every day we live in every way that we possibly can. We are to reflect and show others Jesus Christ. We are to let him shine within us to everybody. 
We are to be filled up with the Spirit of God and take that Spirit of God and pour out the love of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God to the other people and then go back and get back onto the spout and fill up again and then go back and pour it out again over and over and over. A constant filling and pouring, filling and pouring, filling and pouring. You'll never run out. What happens when you fill and pour and fill and pour and fill and pour? You see people saved. See lives changed. You see all kinds of good happening. What, what, what happened when Jesus went about? He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How did I heal people, preacher? You speak the word of truth and love. That's how you do it. You can't do it. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it through you by his spirit. How do we do it? We yield. We say, Lord, here I am. I ain't much, but here I am. I, I, I don't know what I can do, but I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. Just like the first day on the job anywhere. I don't know how I'm ever going to figure all this stuff out, but I'm here to learn. You need to come to God like that. Realize something. Whatever, whatever Jesus realized in the Holy Ghost. And again, that, that's not to say Jesus was, Jesus was somehow powerless or Jesus was somehow less than God, because I'm not trying to say that. But you do realize he was in a human body, human flesh. He lived a human life, and he did everything submitted to God in the power of the Spirit of God, just like you and I are to go forward. And whatever he realized, whatever he gained, whatever God, whatever God gave his blessed Son through the Holy Ghost is for you and I to realize and have today. And I'm looking forward to this journey. I'm looking forward to seeing all the ways that God, by his power, through his Spirit, worked in the early New Testament church and how the very same way we can implement those things to see God work in power in the Temple Baptist Church in Clarksville, Texas in this day and time we live in because we serve the same God, same Holy Spirit leading us, the same Word of God. How can we go wrong if we follow God? Let's stand together.